African Americans make up one of the largest voting blocks in Chicago, which means many of us have taken the step to register to vote. But too many of us remain silent when it's time to make our voices heard. At a time when our conversations are as polarized as they've ever been, we must exercise our political power. Dear Black Voter, I'm Calmetta Coleman, Senior Vice President of External Affairs for the Chicago Urban League. Local and state elections matter. And if you're not voting with knowledge, you're not voting with power. Welcome to our six-part series on voter education. It's time you had a seat at the table. Pull up a chair. Your host, Doma T. Pongo. Thank you, Calmetta. Our first guest, Professor Robert T. Starks, has a storied career in research analytics and in higher education. He talks about some of those positions that will be on the ballot in March that we might not be as familiar with. What does the Cook County Board President do? What about the Cook County Sheriff's Office and the Cook County Assessor? We also touch on the race for governor. Dear Black Voter, here's episode one, Know the Roles. Do you prefer Robert T. Starks or do you prefer Bob? Do you want Robert or Bob? Uh, can I call you Professor Starks? Yeah, Dr. Yeah, Starks? Yeah. What you want? Professor is fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, Robert T. Starks, uh, Professor Emeritus, Northeastern Illinois University. Professor Starks, thank you for joining Dear Black Voter. Really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. No problem. Now, one of the biggest problems we have is that African-Americans, we know we have tremendous political power. A lot of us are registered to vote in the city of Chicago. But when it comes time for elections, especially off-cycle elections, we don't show up. True. Very what, true. What's behind that? Well, I don't know. I think uh, traditionally in America, period, uh, off-year election, that is between presidential elections, uh, the turnout nationally is low. But it's especially low in, amongst African Americans. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that people don't really understand the stakes that are up. I mean, for instance, uh, in the county of Cook, we have uh, some very serious races that people don't particularly understand the dimensions of. Uh, most people know about Cook County Board President Preckwinkle, and she's up for reelection and uh, the county board members, but they don't really understand the fact that we have judges that are being elected. We have the, you know, Cook County uh, treasurer, uh, all those, uh, the sheriff, etc. And, of course, there are many state legislators that, is, that are going to be elected and re-elected, uh, state senators. Uh, the governor's uh, primary is, is coming up soon. And, and all of these things are very important to, to the, av- the average African-American, but we don't really understand uh, the nature of what they do and, and the power that they uh, have and the impact they have on the ordinary African-Americans, right? Let's take it from the top then. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of talk about Cook mm-hmm. County Board President Tony Preckwinkle, namely because of the pop tax mm-hmm. from a lot of folks who didn't know much about Preckwinkle prior to <laughs> the pop tax. So what does the Cook County Board President do and what is under his or her responsibility? Well, that's a very powerful position. Most people don't realize the real power that is in that office. She sits over uh, all of the, the power of the county, and the county of Cook is the third largest county in the country. It has a budget 
of uh, $5.4 billion, which is the one, the, the budget of the county is larger than the budget of the city of Chicago. Uh, she sits over uh, 5.5 million people in the county, and that includes a, 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 about, mm, I guess, several, well, the, the city of Chicago and, and several uh, cities around. Um, and, of course, she makes about $170,000 a year in salary. The county commissioners, she oversees them. She oversees the county hospital, the health services throughout the, the county, uh, the sheriff's office, all of those crucial things that affect African Americans from the top all the way down. So who's on the ballot for Cook County Board President? Who? Well, Fioretti, former <laughs> alderman Fioretti, is the and mayor, former mayoral candidate. And the front, former mayoral candidate who is running on the Democratic ticket against uh, uh, Tony Preckwinkle. I don't know who's running on the Republican side, but I think she will probably win. I, I, I really don't know if Mr. Fioretti can defeat her. But uh, she will have whoever wins, if she wins, she's got to go back now and redo the budget and see if she can live and have the people of Cook County live with those uh, layoffs. Let's stay, let's stay at the county level. Okay. Let's talk about the sheriff's office. That's up in 2018? Yes. March 20th? Yes. Who's on the ballot then, and what are the duties of the Cook County Sheriff? Well, Cook County Sheriff... Is his major duty is running the, the the Cook County Jail, but he is supposed to be uh, take care of all those unincorporated areas in the county because there are several uh, areas in the county that are unincorporated. So he is in effect he runs the the sheriff's office that police those areas, and and he also uh, is supposed to supplement any uh, county areas that are not covered by uh, by the people in those areas uh, so but it, again his major major uh, job is looking over the Cook County jail now what are unincorporated areas what are some of those oh, well, those smaller south suburbs small south suburbs some north suburban areas uh, outside of Winnetka I mean, not Winnetka Waukegan some of the areas around uh, Harvey and Dixmore, some of those areas around there, those are incorporated areas, but there are unincorporated areas inside the, the, the county. Mm-hmm. And a big push right now for the Cook County Sheriff mm-hmm. has been, Tom Dart, has been to uh, look at changing bail policies to mm-hmm. address this overcrowding issue. Mm-hmm. Actually, Governor Rauner has talked about decreasing the prison population during his tenure as governor. How has the jail population affected finances in the in the county? Uh, according to uh, some reports, it has affected quite a bit because it costs a lot of money to house uh, people in jails and prisons. Uh, and especially when you have people, some people staying in Cook County Jail for two and three years uh, before they go to court. To even get bail. To even get bail, right, because some people can't afford bail, right? So uh, we're grateful to uh, Dr. Willie Wilson, who came forth and helped to uh, put up bail for people. But I think 
very seriously that the Cook County Board and the state uh, legislature will have to come have to address the issue of bail uh, this in this next uh, session to make sure that uh, people don't have to go through this long bail process in which a lot of people are homeless and and jobless and can't afford uh, bail and therefore they in effect rot in jail for years in some cases. Mm. In fact, there was a case that someone said that there was one uh, person that stayed in Cook County Jail for almost five years. It's Mm. insane. It's absolutely insane. So I think uh, voters should insist that the state legislature and the Cook County Board address this issue forthright as soon as the election is over. And just to be clear, mm-hmm. the Cook County Sheriff manages absolutely that system, but mm-hmm. only the Cook County Board and state legislatures can change those policies Precisely. around. Precisely. Okay, and the Cook County Board finances the, the the jail system and and the sheriff's office absolutely, and so whenever what money he gets his budget he goes to the Cook County Board to get his budget, and. He has some of his money has been cut back because of the the budget shortfall. But judges are extremely important to uh, all people, but especially to African Americans, given the mass incarceration of African Americans, particularly young males. So it is extremely important that African American citizens research and find out who is running in their particular districts and who they can vote for, both countywide and districtwide, and vote for them, find out who they are, what, what their track record is, and why they should vote. And that's, of course, in the primary. Uh, and, of course, when it comes to the, the, uh, you know, the, the November election, in most cases, there are no Republican uh, op- opposition. So the person that you vote for in some cases, in the primary, is in fact a winner of that judge seat. We tend That's to know important. We tend to know the least about judges. I was mm-hmm. I was over mm-hmm. here like chuckling to myself because mm-hmm. I'm one of those people who, back before I knew about how to research, I, whoever seemed who, whose name I recognized. Mm-hmm. Who I saw in my neighbor's lines, that's mm-hmm. who I voted for. Mm-hmm. And that's where most people do. That's so exactly right. When we think about a judge, how do we look at, <laughs> how do we even look at, you know, what criteria are we looking for? I mean, do we have time? The average person might not have time to look through a person's voting record. Um, maybe we could leverage the, you know, um, the Cook County uh, Bar Association. I know mm-hmm. they give their recommendations mm-hmm. for that judges. Is but mm-hmm. what is the best and easiest way for the busy average voter to find out about those judges? I think the Cook County Board would be the one of the... Or Cook the, County Bar. Cook, Cook County Bar, right. Uh, the Cook County Bar. And places like the Urban League, for instance, uh, will do research. And they, they don't endorse people, but they, they do research on, on people uh, uh, going in. The other thing to do, of course, is to uh, invite those persons in your district to your church to, you know, with debates, to, to uh, if you're a member of a club, have them come and sit and tell, uh, tell you the people in your club, your group, 
what their philosophy is, how many people they uh, have come in contact with. Because as you said, some people think they can just slip through the cracks without being tested. But you can't allow uh, a judge who is extremely important to your community to go untested, unquestioned. You've got to, you've got to do the research. And the Cook County Bar Association, African-American mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. organization of attorneys, and they pick different judges. They give them a grade mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. based on their voting record, mm-hmm. and they kind of recommend whether they... They don't endorse people specifically per se, right? specifically. They, what they do is recommend, uh, you know, and, and uh, in some cases, it, it, it's... It's good. I mean, they do good research, and they, but they don't go into real depth on, on those people. So, again, I think it would be extremely important to have people invite the, the judges to their churches, to their uh, civic organizations, to their, uh, even to their uh, club, their, you know, leisure clubs or whatever, mm-hmm. and have them sit down and talk them about it. And I would especially ask young people, mm-hmm. uh, millennials, to do the same thing. Because remember, those judges will be judging those millennials, uh, particularly in traffic court and in, uh, you know, when they come up for uh, crime or whatever. Uh, they affect everybody's life, yeah. you know. Uh, and if you go to traffic court, of course, as you know, there's just <laughs> where African Americans <clears throat> on any given day will be anywhere from seventy to eighty percent of the people in traffic court. Mm. So you you know, even though you think that the traffic court is not a very important thing, it is extremely important because they can take your license, they can uh, put you in jail, they can make you pay a high fine. So you really should check out those judges very carefully. Mm-hmm. One more thing on the judges piece. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that I could look at in terms of red flags mm-hmm. for a judge's mm-hmm. voting record, mm-hmm. et cetera? Because oftentimes you'll find out how judges voted in different situations with different cases, but you won't get the ins and outs and mm-hmm. the, the specifics mm-hmm. on different cases, mm-hmm. right? So right. how can you really understand who a judge is and what, their biases may be, mm-hmm. what, are, what are some of the ways that we can dig a little deeper? Well, we're talking about two, two different situations. One, people who are running for, to replace a sitting judge, okay? Or, and secondly, those who are running for a retention, right? And the ones for retention are the ones that, that uh, you can do the best background on because those are the people who are already sitting on the bench, and they have already uh, sat over cases, and particularly those in criminal court. You want to make sure that they have not overlooked or or allowed people who uh, who've been doing bad things to African Americans to continue to go. Uh, so, for instance, if um, there's a judge who's who's uh, allowed policemen who've been brutalizing or murdering African-American young people, you don't want to vote for that judge. So what you do is you go to the Cook County Board, the, the, uh, the, the Chicago Bar Association also will have a record on them. Uh, and then, of course, you can go to uh, Google, Google them, 
Uh, but you have to do the research. And I think there are uh, groups like the Cook County Bar and the Urban League and other NAACP will have records on people that have uh, that are up for retention as well as people who want to replace sitting judges or people who are challenging sitting judges. So, yeah, yeah I think... I think you have to go through all of those um, civic organizations to find out. The League of Women Voters might also be a source to look uh, for uh, the background of judges. Let's head over to County Assessor. <laughs> what does well, the County Assessor do? Oh, my God. He's the person that uh, assesses your property. And by assessing, he simply says, this particular property is worth X amount of dollars. Therefore, I am going to assess this amount of taxes on that particular property. And that can be really tricky because the best example, of course, is Trump Tower, which is, you know, worth millions of dollars, right? And, uh, of course, (laughs) the tax assessor has given them a low assessment given the, f- the value of the property. And then secondly, you have people like Ed Burke, who is a lawyer for, uh, who go to, co- to, to the, assessor, the appeals court and uh, appeal cases because it, even if you have an assessment, you can go and appeal the assessment, right? So uh, Alderman... Uh, Burke makes millions of dollars every year uh, going to the appeals court and getting the taxes appealed on uh, on many downtown corporate buildings and, and properties. So what so, ends up happening, you got these multi-million dollar buildings being mm-hmm. undervalued, which undervalued, means that the owners pay less, less property, property taxes. Tax. And, when, and even at that, even after that, they get it even lower tax after they get the, uh, uh, the uh, a per- person like Mr. Burke who goes into the appeals uh, court and, and get them uh, lowered even further. And that means poor people then are, don't have the advantage of that. And uh, there's there a couple of studies about 10 years ago that showed that African-Americans on average paid it a higher got a higher assessment than whites uh, throughout the county and I think that's some, the Mr. Kagi who is running against Mr. Barrios is alleging some of that same thing happening as we speak. How does County Assessor Barrios benefit from giving favors to people who already own these multi-million dollar properties by lowering their assessment what is his mix in all of this? Is it an oversight, or is there some way that he's benefiting from this? He's benefiting by getting, uh, well, some people have alleged that he gets kickbacks, right? Uh, but he also, of course, is the, uh, he's, uh, he's a big man in the Cook County Democratic Party, and therefore he wields a great deal of power. He has um, a lot of his young his children and relatives on the payroll in their sister's office. Mm. So he's doing, um, he's getting favors, and uh, some people allege that he is getting kickback money 
as a result of, of these, these uh, low assessments for corporate uh, clients. Do you know much about his challenger? His challenger is, uh, has been endorsed by uh, Congressman Davis um, from uh, the West Side, <clears throat> Congressman Danny Davis. He seems to be uh, fairly straightforward. He has attacked uh, Mr. Berrios on, on the grounds of his uh, practice of uh, lowering taxes and uh, uh, lowering assessments on corporate uh, buildings and properties. And so uh, I think he, he may uh, be a, a big challenge to Mr. Berrios, actually. Let's go to one more. What's one mm-hmm. more hotly contested uh, position coming up in March uh, on, on March 20th that uh, we should be paying attention to. There's been a lot of talk about Dorothy Brown <laughs> and a lot of talk about Karen Yarrow. Yeah, Dorothy Brown, uh, I mean, she has, for some reason, uh, and, and I don't know what it is, but she seems to have magic. She's been attacked every time she's run, but she runs and wins. <laughs> And I think one of the things is that she has um, the support of ministers throughout the city. I mean, mm-hmm. she goes to churches, and and she's she's a very friendly, outgoing person. So uh, whoever is running against her is going to have a rough time winning against Miss Dorothy Brand. Now, she, there is some criticism of her because she has not uh, digitized her uh, office. And uh, she has promised uh, time and time again to do it. Uh, but it's very important that she does it because, the, you know, her cases, the cases in her office eventually go to court. And the, the backlog can be uh, uh, excruciating. And we should say Dorothy Brown is the Cook County clerk. That's right. And, and, and what does the clerk do? The clerk files all of the cases going to the courts. And... Uh, she needs to make sure that they are digitized so that they're not, um, there's not this backlog of cases going to the courts. And lastly, mm-hmm. what is the recorder of deeds? What do they do? I had no idea how important that office oh, was. Oh, it's very important. Until I began to help my parents with some uh, things regarding yes, their properties. Yes, yes. What yes. does the recorder of deeds do? The recorder of deeds, and of course, uh, the current recorder is Ms. Yarborough, who is a graduate of Northeastern Illinois University. For disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> we know who you're voting for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, the recorder of deeds records all of the deeds to property in the county. So you can go into her office and find out uh, you know, the, where the property is, the dimensions of the property, um, how she can trace the property back to its its origins, who owned it ten years ago, fifty years ago, etc. Because everything is, all the deeds, all the records of the property are in her office. So that's the record of deeds. That's a very important office because, as you found out with your parents, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. that when you. Uh, have uh, sales of property it's recorded when you when someone passes on and, and the the property is given to the relatives or whoever inherits 
that all of that goes through her office. Now, let me just tell you, one, one of the proposals is to collapse that office and uh, because there's some, some people who say that that is a superfluous office and it should be collapsed and put in the treasurer's office and, you know, I don't know. But at any rate, uh, it's a very important office. I remember, I remember that push and mm-hmm. the, the, the consolidating mm-hmm. the offices as a way to uh, deal save with this money. budget. Yeah, yeah, just to save money. That's what, right. But it could also hurt efficiency. That's right. And that's uh, right. and it, and people who don't have the lawyers to go through some of this red tape mm-hmm. usually come out on the losing that, end. This that type is, of thing. That is correct. Now, lastly, I think our audience should be very careful and look very closely at the governor's race, also. Uh, fortunately, most of the uh, candidates have African-American lieutenant governors, uh, candidates. Um, but I think if we have to be very careful to look at how each one of the candidates explain their positions on uh, crime, on education, and industrial policy, which yields jobs, right? Those three areas. And, of course, I want to add one more, and that's uh, affordable housing because the state, of course, as well as the county, impact and the city impact on uh, affordable housing in, in, in the city. So I think we have to be very careful uh, and as to who we will support in the Democratic um, uh, primary as well as in the general election. Uh, for for governor of the state of Illinois, the main forerunners in the Democratic primary: J.B. Pritzker, mm-hmm. billionaire, and, and Chris Kennedy. Chris Kennedy, right? Who has a name as well as money because he's a millionaire too, mm-hmm. but he's not as rich as Mr. Pritzker. And of course, the Pritzker family is very is one of the richest families in the country. Uh, and J.B. is a member of that rich family. <laughs> Never held office before. Kennedy never held office before. And they are, Mr. Pritzker has spent quite a bit of money up to this point on commercials. So I think people are very familiar with him and less familiar with Mr. Kennedy because he has not had as many commercials out. But So I, I would urge people to look at both of them very carefully and decide which one you want to vote for. Mm-hmm. Bob Starks is a professor of political science at Northeastern Illinois University, former director of the Harold Washington Institute for Research and Policy Studies, mm-hmm. uh, founding mm-hmm. uh, director mm-hmm. uh, of that institute, and a mentor and a good friend of mine. So thank you for talking to Black Thank Motor. you for inviting me. I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Okay. <laughs> thank you for listening to a segment from our biweekly series, Dear Black Voter. We invite you to check out our show notes and voter resources at coldpodcast.com. And don't forget to rate us and leave your comments on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about the League and to find out how you can get involved and support our work, please visit our website at thechicagourbanleague.org.